0: Section 3 of An Inquiry into the Causes of the Late Increase of Robbers This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruhi Huck An Inquiry into the Causes of the Late Increase of Robbers by Henry Fielding, Section 3. Of gaming among the vulgar, a third consequence of their luxury. Come now to the last great evil which arises from the luxury of the vulgar, and this is gaming, a school in which most highwaymen women of great eminence have been bred. This vice is the more dangerous as it is deceitful, and contrary to every other species of luxury, flatters its votaries with the hopes of increasing their wealth. So that avarice itself is so far from securing us against its temptations, that it often betrays the more thoughtless and giddy part of mankind into them, promising riches without bounds, and those to be acquired by the most sudden as well as easy and indeed pleasant means. And here, I must again remind the reader, that I have only the inferior part of mankind under my consideration. I am not so ill-bred as to disturb the company of a polite assembly, nor so ignorant of our constitution, as to imagine that there is a sufficient energy in the executive part to control the economy of the great, who are beyond the reach of any, unless capital laws fashion under whose guidance they are and which created the evil can alone cure it with patience therefore must we wait till this notable mistress of the few shall in her good time accomplish so desirable a change in fact till great men become wiser or better till the prevalence of some laudable taste shall teach them a worthier manner of employing their time till they have sense enough to be reasoned modesty enough to be laughed, or conscience enough to be frightened out of a silly, a shameful, and a sinful profligacy, attended with horrid waste of time, and the cruel destruction of the families of others, or of their own. In the meantime, we may, I think, reasonably desire of these great personages, that they would keep their favourite vice to themselves, and not suffer others, Whose birth of fortune gives them no title to be above the terror of the laws or the censure of their betters to share with them in this privilege surely we may give great men the same advice which archer in the play gives to the officers of the army to kick out all in red but their own what temptations can gamesters of fashion have to admit inferior sharpers into their society common sense surely will not suffer a man to risk a fortune against one, who had none of his own, to stake it. I am well apprised that this is not much the case with with persons of the first figure, but to gentlemen, and especially the younger sort, of the second degree, these fellows have found much too easy an access. Particularly at the several public places, I might have said gaming places, in this kingdom, too little care is taken to prevent the promiscuous union of company, and sharpers of the lowest kind have frequently there found admission to their superiors upon no other pretence or merit than that of a laced coat and with no other stock than that of assurance some few of these fellows by luckily falling in with an egregious bubble some thoughtless young heir or more commonly heiress have succeeded in a manner which if it may give some encouragement to others to imitate them should at the same time as strongly admonish all gentlemen and ladies to be cautious with whom they mix in public places and to avoid the sharper as they would a pest but much the greater part of such adventures have met with a more probable and more deserved fate and having exhausted their little fund in their attempts have been reduced to a dilemma in which it required more judgment and resolution than are the property of many men and more true sense of honour than belongs to any debauched mind to extricate themselves by honest means the only means indeed of this kind are to quit their assumed station and to return to that calling however mean and laborious to which they were born and bred but, besides that the way to this is often obstructed with almost insuperable difficulties and false shame at its very entrance dashes them in the face, how easily are they dissuaded from such disagreeable thoughts by the temptations with which fortune allures them of a possibility at least of still supporting their false appearances and of retrieving all their former hopes? How greedily may we imagine this enchanting alternative will be embraced by every bold mind in such circumstances for what but the danger of the undertaking can deter one who hath nothing of a gentleman but his dress to attain which he hath already divested himself of all sense of honesty how easy is the transition from fraud to force from a gamester to a rogue perhaps indeed it is civil to suppose it any transition at all From this source, therefore, several of our most notable highwaymen have proceeded. And this hath, likewise, been the source of many other depredations of the honest part of mankind. So mischievous have been this kind of shoppers in society, that they have fallen under the particular notice of the legislature, for a statute in the reign of Queen Anne reciting, that divers, lewd, and dissolute persons live at great expenses, having no visible estate, profession, or calling, to maintain themselves, but support these experiences, by gaming only. Enacts, that any two Justices of the Peace may cause to be brought before them, all persons within their respective limits, whom they shall have just cause, to suspect, to have no visible estate, profession, or calling, to maintain themselves by, but do, for the most part, support themselves by gaming and if such persons shall not make the contrary appear to such justices they are to be bound to their good behaviour for a twelve-month and in default of sufficient security to be committed till they can find such security which security in case they give it is to be forfeited on their playing or betting at any one time for more than the value of twenty shillings as to gaming in the lower classes of life so plainly tending to the ruin of tradesmen the destruction of youth and to the multiplication of every land of fraud and violence the legislature hath provided very wholesome laws by the thirty-third of henry the every artificer craftsman of any handicraft or occupation husbandman labourer servant at husbandry journeyman or servant of artificer mariners fishermen watermen or any serving men are prohibited from playing at tables dice cards etc out of christmas and in christmas are permitted to play only in their master's houses or in his presence under the penalty of twenty shillings and all manner of persons are prohibited from playing at any bowl or bowls in any open place out of their garden or orchard under the penalty of six shillings eight pence It would be of great service to the public, to extend this statute to idle persons and sharpers in general, for many support themselves by frauds, by cheating practices, even worse than gaming, and have the impudence to appear in the dress of gentlemen, and at public places, without having any pretensions of birth and fortune, or without any honest or visible means of livelihood, whatever. Such a law would not be without a precedent for such is the excellent institution mentioned by Herodotus in his Euterpe. Amasis says that historian, established a law in Egypt, that every Egyptian should annually declare before the governor of the province, by what means he maintained himself, and all those who did not appear, or who could not prove that they had some lawful livelihood, were punished by death. This law, Solon introduced into Athens, where it was long inviolably preserved as a most just and equitable provision, this punishment is surely too severe. But the law, under a milder penalty, is well worthy to be adopted. By a statute made in the reign of Edward the Fourth, now repealed, playing at several games therein mentioned was punished by two years imprisonment and the forfeiture of a hundred and one, and the master of the house was to be imprisoned for three years and to forfeit. 201 a great sum in those days the conviction to be by action information bill or otherwise in any of the king's courts one-half of the penalty to the informer provided that servants may play at any times with their masters or by their license and all persons who have hundred per annum freehold may give their servants or others resorting to their houses a license to play within the precinct of their houses gardens or orchard by this statute likewise no person whatever by himself factor deputy servant or other person shall for gain keep etc any common house alley or place of bowling quoiting clash coils half bowl tennis dicing table or carding or any other manner of game prohibited by any statute heretofore made or any unlawful game invented or made or any other new unlawful game hereafter to be invented or made the penalty is 40 shillings per day for keeping the house etc and 6 shillings 8 pence for every person haunting and playing at such house these penalties are to be recovered etc as above and all leases of gaming houses alleys etc are made void at the election of the lessee Farther by the said statute, power is given to all Justices of Peace, Mayors, and other Head Officers, in every city, etc., to enter suspected houses and places, and to commit the keepers of the said houses, and the persons there haunting, resorting, and playing to prison, and to keep them in prison, till the keepers have found sureties to enter into a recognizance to the King's use, no longer to keep such house, etc., and the persons there found to be bound by themselves, or with shorties, etc., at the discretion of the justice, etc., no more to haunt the said places, or play at any of the said games. And now, by the statute of George the Second, this last clause is enforced by giving the justice the same power on the information of two persons as he had before on view, and by a more explicit power to take shorties or not, of the party at his discretion. Lastly, the statute of henry the eighth enjoins the justices, etc., to make due search weekly or once per month of the farthest under the penalty of forfeiting forty shillings for every month during their neglect. Thus stands the law, by which it may appear, that the magistrate is armed with sufficient authority to destroy all gaming among the inferior people and that without his neglect or connivance no such nuisance can possibly exist and yet perhaps the fault may not so totally lie at his door for the recognizance is a mere bugbear unless the party who breaks it should be sued thereon which as it is attended with great expense, is never done so that though many have forfeited it not a single example of an estreet hath been made within my remembrance. Again, it were to be wished, that the statute of George the second had required no more than one witness to the information, or even one witness, as I have found by experience, is very difficult to be procured. However, as the law now is, seeing that the general bent of the people opposes itself to this vice, it is certainly in a great measure, within the magistrate's power, to suppress it and so to have such as propose to find their account in it, that these would soon be discouraged from the undertaking. Nor can I conclude without observing that this hath been lately executed with great vigour within the liberty of Westminster. There are besides several other provisions in our statute books against this destructive vice. By the statute of Queen Anne, whoever cheats at play for feats five times the sum one by such cheating, shall be deemed infamous, and suffer such corporal punishment, as in case of perjury. And whoever wins about ten at any one sitting, shall likely forfeit five times the sum won. Going shares with the winner, and betting on his side, are in both instances, within the act. By the same act, all securities for money, won at play, are made void. And if a mortgage to be made on such account, the mortgagee doth not only lose all benefit of it, but the mortgage immediately insures to the use of the next heir. By this law, persons who have lost above 10Z and have actually paid it may recover the same by action within three months, and if they do not sue for it within that time, any other person may. And the defendant shall be liable to answer a bill for discovering such sum lost upon oaths. By eighteen George the Second, whoever wins or loses ten zed at play, or by betting it one time or two hundred and one within twenty four hours, is liable to be indicted, and shall be fined five times the value of the money lost. By twelve George the Second, the games of faro, the ace of heart, basset and hazard, are declared to be lotteries, and all persons who set up, maintain and keep them. Four feet two hundred, and all who played at them four feet fifty, the conviction to be before one justice of the peace by the oath of one witness or confession of the party, and the justice neglecting his duty, four feet ten, the Act of eighteen, George the Second includes the game of roly-poly or other prohibited game at cards or dice within the penalties of the above-mentioned. I have given this short sketch of these several acts partly for the use and encouragement of informers and partly to insinuate to certain persons with what decency they can openly offend against such plain such solemn laws the severest of which many of themselves have perhaps been the makers of how can they seriously answer either to their honour or conscience giving the pernicious example of a vice from which, as the legislature justly says in the preamble to the sixteenth of charge the second, many mischiefs and inconveniences do arise, and are daily found in the encouraging of sundry, idle, and disorderly persons, in their dishonest, lewd, and dissolute course of life. And to the circumventing, deceiving, cozening, and debauching of many of the younger sort, both of the nobility and gentry, and others to the loss of their precious time, and the utter ruin of their estates and fortunes, and withdrawing them from noble and laudable employments and exercise will a nobleman, I ask, confess that he can employ his time in no better amusement, or will he frankly own that he plays with any other view than that of amusement? Lastly, what can a man who sins in open defiance of the laws of his country answer? to the verb, bonus, et qui, can he say, qui consolia Patrum qui lege jarracu or can he supply that celebrated line, odorant picare boni virtutes honor, to himself, who owes to his greatness, and not to his innocence, that he is not deterred from such vices, formidail pointe, End of section 3.